So welcome back to Seven Skills for the Future podcast series. I'm Emma Sue Prince and I'm joined by my lovely producer, James. Hi, Emma Sue. And uh, hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here. Welcome to the show. This podcast is all about seven key skills that really do help you to live a happier life. And those skills are being adaptable, having empathy, being able to think critically, live with integrity, be proactive, be optimistic and be resilient. So if you'd like to know more, do read the book, Seven Skills for the Future, available in all major bookstores and online. So today's episode, Amasu, is all about how to deal with procrastination. So I heard the other day that uh, 98% of us are prone to procrastination. 98%? Yes, uh, we are all prone to procrastination. And I think the way that we live and work now has made this tendency uh, stronger. So we've always had it, but I think it's stronger. Um, I recognize it in myself, I have to say. So it's a very natural inclination to want to put something off. And procrastination is, is basically when we unnecessarily postpone tasks or decisions. It's a sort of um, weird self-regulating kind of failure. And the funny thing about it is that we are actually often aware that we do it so I'm very aware when I procrastinate and it you know it comes up when you know you need to write a report we need to work on a particular project or prepare a podcast you know I've had it happen to me um uh, but you actually end up wasting time could be wasting time online could be you know just just being distracted or or trying to do something else or, or or willingly wanting to do something else even though you know you should be working and that's the funny thing about it. You know that you're actually doing it and you know it's not good for you. If that's the case, then why do we do it, even though we yeah, know it's bad for I us? I know, it's crazy, right? So I think, you know, a lot of people believe that procrastination is simply a matter of willpower. You know, if you just uh, got yourself motivated and got on with it, you know, you'd be able to um, overcome procrastination. But actually, it's a lot more complex than that. So even though we can be aware of it, we can still succumb to it. So it comes down to things like, obviously, it comes down to self-control and motivation. It's true. But yeah. those particular things are often hindered by other things. So, for example, they're, they're often hindered by having a lack of energy or having a delay between the present moment and the time when we expect to complete or, or be rewarded for our efforts. Um, so that's quite that's, that's quite important. And we can also... Uh, our motivation, self-control can also be outweighed by things like anxiety or task aversion. So when those kinds of things happen, what we do is we, 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 we're we unable to self-regulate our behaviour. So even though if we, you know, we can tell ourselves, OK, I've got to get on with this now, we're just not able to do it. So we will postpone things, even though we know we should be doing them. Procrastination basically leads to a gap between how we want to act or what we want to do and how we actually act yeah. in reality, you know. So yeah. <laughs> so there are all sorts of factors that come into play here. So, so a big one is fear. That's about fear at failing at what we're going to do or anxiety about it. Any kind of anxiety will make us want to put it off. Um, if the task is unpleasant or, or we perceive it as being unpleasant, um, 
And sometimes we create that ourselves if we tell ourselves, you know, I've got this major report to write or, you know, this major piece of work to do. We'll perceive that immediately as being unpleasant um, because I, I, I must write, I need to do, I have to do. That's all quite reactive language. And our brains respond really well to that kind of reactive language. So, so that's one, one factor. Um, distractions are a massive issue when it comes to procrastination. So that's about creating an environment where there are far less distractions. So I talked about this a lot uh, on episode one, uh, working smarter about distractions. So we have to create an environment where we have as minimum distraction as possible. Um, in order for us to avoid procrastinating. And of course, willpower comes into it. So that becomes depleted over the course of a day. So we want to then kind of reward ourselves. So that's why if we feel we've been working hard, even if we haven't, but if we feel we've been working hard, you know, we're quite likely to want to sit back with uh, Netflix and, you know, be a bit of a couch potato. And then another important um, area is this whole thing around the reward being further away. So the classic is that, you know, when your deadline's quite far away, you'll wait until the very last minute to work. So this is this, this is a tendency that, that many of us have. We'll just kind of think, okay, you know, it's several weeks away or, you know, quite a long way into the future. Um, so I've got plenty of time. Um, and then I think another big factor is lack of energy. So, you know, if you're tired or if you've been suffering from lack of sleep, those things will have an immediate impact on your motivation and your ability to maintain focus. Um, and the same thing happens if we have a lot of tasks that pile up. So if if that particular piece of work is one of um, several pieces of work, you know, it's much easier just to take no action at all or to go and have a cup of tea um, or just or yeah. just feel paralysed at the thought of, you know, all the things that we have to get done. So there's a lot of things that come into play. Can we do a bit of a deeper dive into a couple of those? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about fear mm. first. Mm. I think that's a particularly uh, interesting aspect of this. Yeah, so fear is all about, um, generally, it's about fear of failure. Um, and and it's, it's a kind of anxiety. And right. this is really big, and it's supported by research, so that procrastination... Uh, will come from this fear of failure. It's completely irrational. I talk about myself, you know, I'm competent, so I'm, 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 I'm very competent. Um, but there's still that kind of anxiety or, or fear around a task. It's a, such a strong relation between fear of failure and procrastination, which is linked to and, and moderated by your perceived competence. So your it's kind of like your confidence about yourself. So the more anxiety that you might have about, you know, not, doing a good enough job or you know not doing it well um the less likely we'll take action towards actually doing it and it's it's just self-sabotage really so and it's not rational but it's very compelling you know it's really compelling behavior and these fears aren't really you know they're not real they're not real in the way that you know the table that I'm touching right now is is real. They are a story that we tell ourselves. And actually, we can choose to stop repeating that story. Um, and, mm. you know, things like mindfulness really help with this. Things like if we uh, are, become aware that there is self-doubt or there is a, a kind of fear of not getting it, not getting it right or not getting it good enough, then it's really important to try and um, put some distance between your thoughts, your, the thoughts that are going on inside your head, and, 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 you know, something like, you know, writing down 
those those fears, writing down your thoughts. Um, listen to episode three in the series on how to fail every day, uh, because yeah. we have to learn to overcome it, um, and we can. We can definitely overcome it, but we have to do it by taking action. You know, the only way that we can change our behaviour or change our thoughts that feel like they're automatic is by taking action. So fear is a big thing. Okay, so let's go into a bit more detail now then about uh, reward and how that affects procrastination. Reward is is another big factor. You've, you've chosen the two biggies, I think, which is great. Um, so what happens is we tend to discount the value of rewards that are far in the future. That's what we do. So what that actually means that if you've got something that you need to get done, but you know that the reward you know, whether that's completion or whether that's pay- payment or whether that's meeting the deadline. If you know that's a relatively long time from now, then you're much more likely to procrastinate. You're much more likely to say, oh, you know, I've got I've got two weeks, three weeks, you know, I'll, I'll have a cup of tea. <laughs> um, and, and so you kind of discount the value of completing the piece of work if it's weeks away and you value it more when it's days away. Um, so yeah. that's what happens. So, you know, we, we, we will often display a kind of um, present bias. So, so we'll choose to engage in activities that give us satisfaction in the short term. And we'll do that at the expense of working on tasks that would lead to better outcomes in the long term. And that's and that can be really silly things. So so the, the short term action that gives us something of the short term can be that cup of tea, you know, or can be, you know, checking something or, or tidying our desk or whatever it might be, um, because yeah. it gives a temporary kind of satisfaction. So the way to get around this is to really have a strategy of breaking something down into smaller deadlines and smaller chunks of work so so you have lots of rewards if you like and even actually creating your own reward when you've completed it so we respond so well to that so if we actually break it down and we have it make it into something that is you know has to be done in the next day or two a smaller chunk of that task and we have a reward at the end of it and a, a good way of keeping track of that is just to simply have a daily diary where you can track what you're doing you can tick things off again our brains love that and you can mm. give yourself some kind of reward at the end of it i have a a, a, a weekly planner da- daily planner um and when i sit in the morning to plan my day there is actually a section that says you know if you've achieved everything today what's going to be your reward and you create your own oh, reward yeah so it's, that's quite effective mm. <laughs> I wonder if the rewards can also be kind of in, intangible things. Like I find it, I get a lot of satisfaction from getting things done early mm-hmm. because for me, that's a kind of reward is that feeling of knowing that I've done this a week earlier than I mm-hmm. needed to. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, um, you know, if, if rewards don't, uh, can also be those kind of uh, intangible things as well. Uh, yeah, I think it can be. I think I think we, you know, we need to do whatever works for us as individuals. So our brains just respond really well to that whole idea of reward, and um, that's why we have to either, yeah, whether it's tangible or in- intangible, we need to create that for ourselves. Um, so if you have a natural tendency to feel great if you finish things early, then use that. I would say. So, Masu, do you have any more suggestions for ways that we can overcome procrastination? Yes, there's lots of research out there that shows that we can manage to overcome our natural tendency to procrastinate. And it's learning things 
such as how to manage time effectively um, and how to regulate our emotions in a more in a healthier kind of way. So, and they're quite intuitive ways. So, actually, it makes these tips very very effective. Um, and it's by doing small things every day. So, small things lead to big outcomes. That's what I always say about all of these skills, and it's no different. Um, from, yeah procrastination and procrastination you know finding ways to overcome it is really that's that's linked to being proactive which is one of the seven skills um so you know we're not going to be proactive if we don't learn to overcome so little things every day um and these small things would be um understanding you know what your goals are making sure you've got really clearly defined goals that you can actually achieve you know so a related to what I said just now about breaking breaking things down and showing that you can make progress. Um, also, understanding when, how, and why you procrastinate. So getting better at looking at situations where you, 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 know, you, you can see that actually your tendency to postpone something is actually really hindering you from achieving a goal or achieving a task. So getting better at understanding, you know, what triggers procrastination, um, what tends to be happening at the time when that's going on, what is it, you know, um, and how do I create an environment where I am going to be less prone to it. So that's going to be things like, uh, you know, making sure that you have um, a good environment for yourself, that you eliminate all those distractions we talked about earlier, um, setting those concrete deadlines, identifying when you're at your most productive and schedule those big projects or, or those chunks of big projects into that time when you're most productive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a simple technique is is counting to 10 before you indulge in that impulse to procrastinate. <laughs> so, you know, if you know that you're about to think, oh, I'll just go and get something or I'll just, you know, it's, it's usually a thought that pops into your head. Um, so if, if you can become aware of it and count to 10, it'll, it'll go. Um, doing something as simple by just getting stuck in for five minutes. So saying, right, I'm going to commit for five minutes really helps because you'll find that once you've committed that first five minutes, you can probably do the next five minutes and then the next five minutes. Um, so that those sorts of things work really well. You were talking earlier about um, getting things done early. So you could, if, if this works for you, you could create streaks of days on which you complete everything. So if you've got a whole week of you know okay. different things, so you can say, right, I'm going to do everything for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That would probably work really well for you, actually, James, I think, if you, if you tried that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's about yeah. finding things that work for you. Being able to build in those little increments of reward, uh, such a simple thing, but it really, really helps. Taking regular breaks really, really helps. So there's a whole bunch of tips right there. And they're just small things. Yeah, great advice. I mean, I think that it's very encouraging for people because, as you said, as we said at the beginning, ninety-eight percent of us suffer from this problem. <laughs> so it's good to it's good to know that there's stuff that we can do, right? Yeah. Let's talk a bit about uh, deadlines mm. and time management techniques. At the moment, I'm working on a project which has been going on for uh, months, <laughs> and I have I have reached that stage now where I'm like, okay, I'd like to get this done now. Mm. But um, I do have uh, weekly deadlines that I need to meet. Yeah. And so obviously time management is really important for mm. me. Mm. So what, what can you tell us about uh, time management and deadlines? Um, well, I think deadlines are good. 
uh, I, I think, you know, some people respond better to deadlines than others. Um, and a lot of that depends on whether they're self-imposed or whether they're being given to you from somewhere else. So, yeah. uh, you know, we tend to, uh, again, in, in a funny kind of weird self-sabotaging way, if somebody else is imposing the deadline, <laughs> we tend to like, you know, rally against it for some reason. Um, yeah. Not quite sure what that's all about. Uh, so so that's why I think it's helpful to impose your own deadlines and, and to kind of have, have ownership of it yourself is good. So that's where time management will come in. So time management works really well because it's because it regulates your behavior. So it does really work, but you have to choose a method that works for you. It's quite an individual thing. So so what works for one person may not necessarily work for another. So yeah. you've got to try out different things. Um, one really effective technique that I would recommend um, is called the Pomodoro technique. And it's mm -hmm. what that is, and it's a well-known technique, and there's lots of variations on it, but it's about um, working on your task or your piece of work for a set amount of time and then taking a break. So, you, you know, you work for a stretch of 25 minutes and then you take a five-minute break and then you start working again. And usually what you do with Pomodoro, you, you complete a certain number of work cycles. So you do four of these 25-minute cycles, and then you take a longer break, so half an hour before getting back to work. Um, so that's quite a prescriptive time management method, but it works really, really well because you set it for yourself. You use a timer, and you eliminate the distractions, very important, and you just work on that one task for 25 minutes because we can all manage to keep attentive and to keep focused for 25 minutes it's not very long so you know you can you can modify that technique uh, to fit your preferences so you know what you could do is instead of using a, a, a timer as a marker you could choose to use a different type of marker such as the number of words that you've written or the number of pages that you've read you know if it's about reading or you know so yeah. there are different ways so um so i think you, you know Try out different techniques to find the one that works for you. I think if you're not, and there's so many out there, so you've got to, you know, I, I, I talked earlier about this planner that I use, and I'm a big advocate for writing things down and writing by hand. You know, that is so powerful, and we don't do it enough. So people will, you know, they'll have a time, they'll have a planner, but it'll be electronic. And the, the, the power of writing something by hand is so strong. It just kind of speaks to another part of our brain. Um, so writing you know, I, I'm a big, big fan of doing that. But I'd say if you're not sure which one to start with, try the Pomodoro and then modify it to suit your needs as you go along. But the deadline thing is about, I think it's about imposing them yourself by breaking a task up and then working out how you complete each, each part of that task. So you've got this weekly deadline, but you can then within that set your own little mini deadlines and your mini tasks um, yeah. so that you are completing it. Okay, let's take a short break during which our listeners can do a very brief bit of procrastination <laughs> and then uh, and then we'll come back with a question from a listener. Okay, welcome back, everyone. It's time to focus again. So uh, we have a question uh, from one of our listeners. Uh, it's from Maria in Italy. She asks, I really struggle with procrastination 
and I'm self-employed. I have a lot of different tasks I need to do, like following up leads, making calls, as well as preparing materials and projects. I tend to avoid making phone calls. I hate them. And many days I just sit and stare at my computer. What is your advice for me? Oh, Maria. Well, listen to this podcast all over again. This would be my first tip. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, you know, uh, self-employed people, it's, it, it, it can be really challenging. And I really empathize with what you're saying. Um, I think you've just got to get a hold of this. You've got to get on top of it and take control. That means planning your week, creating an environment that works for you, trying out some of these tips that we've been talking about and just getting on top of it. And the same thing with phone calls, make one phone call a day and then just go from there. So you really need to um, create some tools and behaviors that work for you and try out different things. That's my advice. Great advice, Emma Sue. Thank you. And thank you, Maria, for the question. I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yes, it does. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 7 Skills for the Future podcast. You can find all of our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere where podcasts can be found. If you want to make sure that every new episode ends up on your phone, all you need to do is hit the subscribe button. And while you're there, why not give us a five-star review so more people can find out about the show? If you'd like to stay in touch or send in one of your questions for Emma Sue, then go to Unimenta on Twitter, 7 Skills for the Future on Instagram, or at unimenta.com. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, there's the book, 7 Skills for the Future, available at booksellers everywhere. Music